Working the night shift can definitely yield some interesting and downright terrifying stories. Being someone who worked the night shift for a few years myself, I can definitely attest to that. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true night shift horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Before we jump right into these stories though, I just wanted to take a quick moment to share my friends from Real Ghost Stories Online. With more than 100 million downloads and 1800 episodes, there is a reason Real Ghost Stories Online continues to be one of the top paranormal podcasts in the world. On Real Ghost Stories Online, you'll hear the creepiest, most authentic ghost stories ever. Tony Bruski and his co-host take calls and letters from real people who've experienced everything from black-eyed children, demons, lost loved ones, and even dead pets coming back from the dead and give their insight and thoughts about each terrifying situation. Every listener is invited to call or write in their stories, even you too. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you download podcasts. There's a new episode every Monday through Thursday, plus bonus episodes each week for EPP members. Check out all the bonus content and exclusive videos now at ghostpodcast.com. Then, search Real Ghost Stories online and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Night Shift Horror Stories. Dear Swamp Dweller, I know it might seem trivial or an easy write-off for some people, but this story is true, and it is, although maybe not scary to others, terrifying. I'm a soldier in the army, a cavalry scout to be exact. I bring up being in the army because not a lot of things shake me, but when I was in basic training, I had an experience with a demon, I believe. I joined in September. A few years or so ago, when I started training, it was an immediate shock compared to civilian life. I grew used to it eventually, but it was not very easy. With my mental fortitude at the time being very strong, even though I was a thousand miles away from my wife. However, I muscled through as best as I could. It was an easy schedule, wake up to do PT, get yelled at a lot, and do so many push-ups that you could no longer support your weight, and you would collapse on the floor. Do some training, do some more push-ups, get yelled at some more, and then sleep. Pretty repetitive, but extremely easy to predict. Since I was there in September, my four-month-long training ran through Christmas, which for two weeks, I was allowed to take leave and go home. The day I signed out on leave, I learned that my great-grandfather had passed earlier that morning. It was a big hit, since I was very close to him. I was a pallbearer at the funeral, and it was very disheartening, but I had to return to getting yelled at and the two weeks of freedom, so to speak, made returning so much harder. As you can guess, this also caused me a lot of distress mentally. Within a week of returning to training, I was much more mentally exhausted than before in my life. I know these details are off topic, but I assure you that they tie into my story. In the army, we do a thing in training barracks called fire guard. It is basically to prevent soldiers from hurting themselves at the wee hours of the night. Well, while I was on fire guard one night, 
I was mopping the floor of our bay, where 32 or more people were sleeping. I was there alone with my battle buddy Sam. I felt like I was being watched while I mopped. I looked up towards the door to the bay, a long rectangular room with a shower area to the right through the door to the bay and our weapons were kept by this door next to the showers and toilets. By the weapons rack in the corner of the room, I saw a huge, dark hulking mass. It had no face, no discernible features, just a huge hulking mass. I wrote it off as lack of sleep and turned to Sam and said, Hey, do you see something by the weapons? To which Sam responded, No, man. Our shift is almost over. You probably just need some rest. Lay down and I'll finish mopping your area. I decided to accept the offer, and when I turned back to look toward the weapons, this mass, whatever it was, was gone. I went to bed that night and slept fine. The next night I had a very weird nightmare. A very strange nightmare to say the least. I was looking at myself in third person and I was observing a first-person viewpoint. I was driving a minivan down a deserted suburban road. I had a car seat in the back of the minivan, and where the car seat met the captain's chair of the minivan, I could see half of the evil and disturbing face that I saw earlier, and the minivan was speeding up, and my heart and my dream was going what felt like a million miles an hour. I, with my heart still beating at light speed and sweating bullets, bolted up in my bunk to another trainee, Jared, shaking me. I groggily asked, What's going on, man? He had a look of fear and concern on his face. He said to me, Are you okay? Confused, I responded, Sure, why? He tells me, You just climbed out of your bunk, asleep. You walked into the bathroom mumbling to yourself. Then you stood in the bathroom. You didn't do anything in there. You just stood there for a few minutes before climbing back into your bunk. I was flustered from my nightmare, and then this exchange, so I just told him I was fine and needed sleep. That is when I saw the huge, hulking mass in the corner of the room by the weapons again, staring at me and causing a sinking feeling of dread to settle in my stomach and my heartbeat speeding up again. I could not fall back asleep that night. From this point on, I decided to fall back on prayer and faith in God, because whatever this was, I could feel it was trying to hurt me, to use my sadness from missing my family to break me down and hurt me. I could see it at any time of the day after that night, staring at me and hating me, following me with whatever it had for eyes. All I could do was pray and tell this thing it could not touch me because God would protect me. I was right though. Through my faith, I was able to make it through the rest of training without this thing messing with me, but it did keep watching me, and I did always see it afterward until I completed training and went home. I hope you share this story, because I do not know what would have happened to me if that thing had gotten its way. I do not want to sound like a fanatic either, but I deeply believe my faith saved me, and I hope someone who hears this in a dark time has a similar faith to rely on when they need it. Anyways, thanks for listening to my story. I work at Hampton Inn & Suites, and I have always had paranormal experiences throughout my life, 
but I recently started work, 10pm to 6am, doing audits at the hotel. I am by myself and things seem to be more active on this shift. I've spoken to other employees. They have noticed weird things happening, and a few have seen figures. They have told me about elevators opening and closing without anyone in them. Things falling over from across the room. Movement sensor lights going off in locked rooms that no one has access to things like that. Innocent things, and I did not think too much of it. I noticed things like that on my 2pm to 10pm shift when I first started working, but it was kind of mild so I just brushed it off. I was the only one on this shift, but there was a constant flow of people in and out of the lobby, so I was around people a lot even though it was the dead of night. My first night working 10 to 6, I was with someone so he could train me. The radios got staticky and loud at around 2.30 to 3. He said he would just have to turn them off because they do that sometimes. So the next day, I came in and made sure to turn off all the radios when I got there, so I wouldn't have to hear it. 2.30, 3 o'clock rolls around, and the radios started making their sounds again. You can understand my confusion and fear, because I made sure they were all off. The motion light in the PBX room. It is pretty much a big room full of computers and stuff like that for Wi-Fi systems and whatnot. It randomly turned on by itself. I am the only one on the shift, and no one else is allowed in the back. I walk back there, and there is no one. I shrug it off and head to the kitchen. It is about 3.30 at this point, and again the motion light turns on. In the pantry, the door was closed, but I could see the light turn on from the crack underneath the door. Things like this tend to happen a lot but it freaks me out the most when I'll be walking around and feel something tug on my ponytail or lanyard. Again, being the only one on shift and no one else around, I'll be walking so there is nothing for it to snag on. We also have plexus glass dividers to separate us from guests, and I can see my reflection in them. Sometimes I tend to see movement behind me in the glass. There is only a wall behind me, so no one could be walking behind me without me noticing. It freaks me out, but I do not think it is out to hurt me. At least I really hope it's not. I do not know what this entity is at the hotel, but it seems to be much more playful than others. Tonight, I heard something fall over when I was walking into the back office. The top of a large hand sanitizer bottle was taken off and laying on the floor, with the bottle laying spilled over on the counter. My hair gets tugged a lot more often now. This is just a short list of things that happen on my night shift. I'm getting used to it, but it still freaks me out. So I work at a fast food restaurant. I am the assistant general manager, and I usually always have closing shifts. We are generally able to clean up and get everything done by 11.30 or midnight, but tonight we did not get out until probably 2 a.m., we had a skeleton crew today since our nights are usually slow since the road we are on does not get much traffic after 6pm. Tonight we had four people in the whole store running it. Two in the kitchen making food, a person taking orders, and money in the drive through and me bagging the food. I thought this was the case anyway. While we were washing up after we had closed, I was talking to one of the cooks when I asked him to go grab the cashier for me, and he gave me a weird look. He asked me what I meant, and I repeated myself figuring he had just misheard me, and he gave me the same look. 
They said they were not here and had been gone all day. I figured the cook was messing with me and just went to get the cashier myself. But when I got to the front, there was no one up there. I checked the bathroom, break room, the cooler, the stock room, and there was no one in the building but me and the cook. The other cook had left at 10. At this point, my heart rate was picking up, and I was worried that maybe something had happened to them. The restaurant itself is not located in the best area, so they could have gone out the back door for a smoke and someone could have been waiting for them, or God knows what else. So at this point, I go to check the cameras to see where they went. I go back 15 minutes and there's no sign of them. I go 30, no sign. An hour, an hour and a half, two hours, nothing. When I got back far enough to where the restaurant was still open and we were serving customers, I had been in the position running the front that I thought the cashier was. I did not think much of this because it is not uncommon for the person bagging to take over the drive-thru while the cashier goes to the bathroom or on break. But I kept going back and back. It was me the whole day. They had never come in, but I know for a fact I worked with them all day. I watched them walk in, clock in, I talked to them, I handed them bags. I got my phone out and had an unread text from them at 1.05pm saying they were not coming in because they were sick. This was an hour before they were supposed to come in. I called them to try to figure out what was going on. They picked up and the first thing they said was that they were sorry that they were not able to come in. I go on and on about how they need to stop messing with me because at this point, I am thinking they and the cook are messing with me. But they had no idea what I was talking about and I never really got to the bottom of that one. I work at an old building. It's around 140 years old and formerly a vicar's home. I know of at least two confirmed deaths at the building within the last 30 years or so, one of which was relatively recent. Slightly vague due to anonymity, we are pretty used to weird things happening in the building, as it is now used as a care setting. There are two people who work overnight, me and one other person. I am an ex-smoker who quit using a vape and still use the vape every now and then, and I will always go outside to do so, you know, respectfully. I have always considered myself a handy person. I can look after myself, and I am quite comfortable working overnight, and do not worry myself too much with the stories of what has happened to others, because I am bigger and scarier than the real-life scary monsters out there. So, I just get on with my job. But about 15 minutes ago, I went to use my vape, listening to that Peter Crouch podcast. When I got out there, out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw a figure of a person. I ignored it at first and continued scrolling through my Spotify, making a little playlist, but couldn't shake the feeling that I saw something. So I looked up again and thought I saw another half figure by this point. I was pretty spooked out, but hadn't quite had enough nicotine, so I just carried on as I was. A little bit of info on the weather, it is a cloudy but dry and breezeless night, so I know the next part was not wind. I had a couple of jobs to do outside, so I turned the podcast off, but put off doing the jobs because of how uneasy I was feeling, so I headed back inside for some time. As I shut the door, I hear what I can only describe as a mix between talking and singing in a woman's voice or a high-pitched man voice. The area I was in is somewhere a lot of people feel slightly uneasy, 
and some people refused to even be out there alone. But nobody has said anything directly. The person I work with was sat inside with the TV on silent with subtitles, doing some online shopping, so I know it was not her. Every hair on my body is standing on end now, and I do not want to move. I came back inside and sat with my colleague because I'm not going to be alone out there. I have such a feeling of being watched at the moment. I don't know what to do, but I'm kind of scared to come back here at night now. So this happened to me at some point between the cusp of fall and winter last year, with no pandemic raging yet. At the time, my husband and I worked the weekend night shifts, him at an IT service and me as a CNA in the local hospital's ICU. As we had no reason to be up and awake during the day, we lived a rather vampire-like schedule, sleeping all day and staying up all night. Four days off, three 12-hour shifts a week. It worked. The best part about being a night dweller is the fact that you can go or used to be able to go in the middle of the night to do your grocery shopping. No lines, no hustle and bustle. You just go at your own leisure and dodge the occasional pallet of stock or graveyard shift worker who is filling up the shelves and probably wishing everyone present would quit taking things away right as he stocks them. Anyways, it is 2am, peak energy for me and hubs. The Walmart is in a decent part of town and everything is well lit, so I typically do not feel nervous. Walking around in the middle of the night, Hubs did tours in Iraq and has a good head on his shoulders, so even less reason to be concerned. Right? Right. As we walk through the entrance, my eyes immediately drift towards the seasonal section. I have ADD and am a pain to shop with according to Hubs as I tend to wander off when something neat catches my attention. Unbeknownst to me, Hubs notices a small gaggle of young adults behaving rather immaturely, riding around in the electronic, handicapped cars, intentionally smashing into displays, causing some general havoc. Oblivious to this all, I am still wandering around while he patiently follows, filling our cart here and there along the way. Hub sees these kid adults causing more trouble near the back of the store in the food, almost shoes section, but once again, my attention was on more important things, like looking at blind bag toys I have absolutely no need for. We make it to the end of our shopping journey and head towards the self-checkout since they do not bother staffing the actual lines in the middle of the night. While he scans and bags, I excuse myself to use the restroom and to go after a couple of Pokemon on my Pokemon Go game. I dilly-dally along, and eventually, he is checked out and back at the car by the time I come out, so I make my way over to the compact SUV modern-day station wagon we own, where he is busy loading the groceries into the trunk. Hubs is very particular about how things are packed, which is fine by me, so we have a system. He loads, and I return the cart to the cart holder thing. While I wait for him to finish loading, I hear a bunch of snickering and laughing coming from the car to the right of ours, so the cart and the hubs is between me and the other vehicle. As usual, I was not aware at the time, but these kids or adults or whatever had been sitting in their car the entire time he was unloading our spoils of war into the trunk, mocking and jeering at him for basic things, like 
what he is wearing on his shirt. It was a Pokemon logo, if anyone cares, and other trivial things. Once I got there, however, all focus turned towards me. It took me a second to realize that they were addressing us both, but soon I could make out what they were saying. They were laughing at my husband, asking him if he plowed a whale like me. Now, I am no string bean by a long shot. I have some decent curves going on, so they homed in on my size and appearance. In my defense, does anyone really dress up to go to Walmart at 2am and encourage each other to keep throwing pot shots in our direction? At the fact we were together, anything they could think of to make fun of us with. Being the sensitive, self-conscious soul that I am, I could already feel my eyes start to water. I figured we could just finish what we were doing and leave behind in their gloating and foolishness, but, but my husband was not having any of it. It was one thing, according to him, for them to mock him, but when they started being cruel about me, he had his limit. He is truly a non-violent man, but he was so riled up by what they were saying that he balled up his fist, raised his voice and told them to shut up with a decent smack against their side window which had been rolled up on his approach. My knight in shining armor, coming to my defense. That action caused a series of quick, chaotic reactions. The young men, three of them, started angrily yelling, and I distinctly heard one of them ask the other if, if he had his gun, to which the ringleader said, yeah, give it to him. Holy pokeballs. I tell my hubs to get in the car, and in a panicked rush, decided to abandon the shopping cart in front of their car, in hopes of creating an obstacle for them. I fling myself into the SUV, and by this point, one young man has started smacking the hood of our car, while another one behind him steps behind it. Trying to block us in, I vividly remember through my blurry vision, seeing a young woman in the backseat of their vehicle, looking somewhat embarrassed as she mouthed, I'm sorry, in my direction. No time to think about that, not with the ringleader appearing from the car at any moment, Hubs pulls the car in reverse, and the young man behind us has no choice but to move, lest he become a human pancake. Hubs drives off out of the parking lot like a bat out of hell, and it is clear that my cart obstacle did little to delay them, as their dodge dart was right on our trail. Flying down the road right behind us, we made it through one green light before they caught up to us. Sliding up in the lane next to us, I am trying to remember to breathe. Thoughts going in a hundred different directions. Thanks, ADD. I see the passenger window roll down, and out comes a hand with a gun pointed right in my husband's direction. I scream something to the effect of, they have a gun, though I'm sure it came out as incoherent shrieking. My husband got the point, though, and chose at that moment to swerve directly at them with our vehicle, leaving them with no choice but to drive onto the median or be hit by a bigger vehicle going 70 to 80 miles an hour. They swerved, which slowed them down, so my husband hit the gas and kept driving, ignoring all the red lights along the way. Finally, pulling myself together, I dialed 911 on my cell phone, and since the police station was not exactly nearby, the operator arranged to have some cops meet us at a local church a mile or two away from where we currently were. My husband keeps driving forward, cars still at our heels, and he somehow manages to swerve to turn into the middle of the intersection while making it look like we had intended to go forward. The other car flies on while we tail it to the cops at the church. They took down our statements and sent a few cars out to try to find them. I was completely useless when it came to details, but my husband came through to save the day 
and could tell them the make, model, and color of the car and describe the details about the individuals. All I could remember in my mind was the face of the girl who mouthed the words, I'm sorry, and lo and behold, I kid you not, one of the officers took us to his car, flipped through his fancy police computers, on the screen pops up an image of the same girl I had seen in the parking lot. Another click, and the same young men, save for one, were all then on the screen. Apparently, these upstanding citizens had been confronted by the same police department only a few nights prior. I wish I could remember the charges, but my mind was overwhelmed by that point. Most of the details were like a blur, like my mind intentionally tried to redact things to protect it or something. Anyways, I developed genuine anxiety about going out to stores in the middle of the night after that point. Thankfully, we both transitioned into daytime jobs since then, and we share the pain of daywalkers' normal grocery store woes these days. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true night shift horror stories. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube will promote it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give us a 5-star rating as that's truly helpful over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, I'd love to see it. Be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. I would love to know down in the comments below what story was your favorite one tonight. I'm always interested to start a conversation based on the stories we share from viewers just like you. If you guys are on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you guys would like to support the channel outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and everything else you could want. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. And I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.